You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Man, I've been hearing a lot from you guys on emails, on DM. It seems like one of the most recent episodes that was about life is short has hit home for some people. And I'm glad that it did. In the title, it does say motivational. And that was the point of the episode to hopefully motivate you a little bit and get you in gear. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then check it out. Listen to that episode. Life is short. It's about two episodes ago from this one. So you can listen to that and also let me know what you think. Also, I got an email from, well, I'll keep him anonymous, but from a guy who is in his 60s. I I think he called me out for saying that a lot of the people that listen to the podcast are from 18 to 60 years old. Well, I still stand to that statement. I would say a majority, but looks like, yes, there are people over 60. He is 62 and he is a regular listener. So thank you. You know who you are for emailing in. And I'll say this, he does say in his email that he dates women in their 40s all the time. So looks like you can date significantly younger. Yes, it is possible to be older and date younger, especially if you were a guy. Women do like older men, even in that age range. I even had a friend of mine who is 59 years old, and he was telling me how he ended up hooking up with a 26-year-old. So, guys, older gentlemen, it is possible for you. You can be meeting and attracting women who are younger. What's today's episode about? Well, we are going to be talking to a repeat guest. You're going to hear me say this when we do the interview, but this is the shortest amount of time that I've had someone come on from their first to second appearance because. I do have people on more than once who are interesting guests, and this was backed by popular demand. Her name is Alexi from Empress Collective. She is very fun to talk to. She's very smart. She has a lot of interesting things to say, and we have, I think this is an even more interesting conversation than the first one. We're talking about the different male and female archetypes And I'm saying in the title that it's controversial because it kind of is. You can't necessarily talk about this stuff or say this stuff. You can, it's just, it's not always very politically correct to categorize men as something, to categorize women as something. So what we do is we dive into the different male and female archetypes, different versions, different alpha types, different beta types, how they act. And I'd be curious for you as you listen to this to know about who in your life or people you know fit into these archetypes and where do you fit into? We even go through one of the archetypes called the entrepreneur, which it looks like I fit into. So we're going to hear about that today on the episode. Very interesting stuff. I do think you're going to enjoy it. If you like what she has to say, you can follow her on her social media. That information is in the show notes. Alexi is on TikTok. 
I believe, yes, she's also on Instagram. So we'll put that there for you so you can see what she's up to and hear about the conversation that she's having. She does talk to both men and women. She's opening people's eyes all around the world. In terms of what a men desire, what a women desire. By the way, that's something that we talk about on this episode. The fact that, or at least in my opinion, I don't think that women really try hard enough to figure out what men want. I think there's a lot of entitlement out there. See what I'm saying? Tough things to say. Controversial opinions. Well, you'll make your own opinion as you listen to this episode. I want to mention before we get into the episode that I do have a book that talks about what women want. See, I know that you guys want to learn about what women want. A lot of guys do. I did too. And I know you do. And I have a book called Magnetic that talks all about it. It's on Amazon. I put that link in the show notes for every single episode. So if you're interested in learning through book form, you can also get it on audio. You can also get it on your Kindle. It is available on Amazon in all those different forms. And it's called Magnetic. Become rejection proof. Naturally attract the women that you desire. It gives you my whole system for meeting and attracting women in detailed form with examples of openers and things to say and how to continue conversation and how to trigger attraction. There's even a chapter about how to be good in bed. There's a chapter about erectile dysfunction. There's a chapter about how to get a girlfriend and how to figure out which woman is going to be the right one for you. So it is a very all-inclusive book. Check it out. I think it's going to help you out. Link in the show notes. All right, let's get into the episode. Here it is. Alexi and I talking about the different male and female archetypes. Alexi, good to have you back on the podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, of course. So I was saying this to you before we started chatting that this is the record for the fastest I've had someone back as a guest in, uh, in all the episodes that I've done. And I can say this in a true statement, backed by popular demand because people were DMing me saying that they wanted to hear more. They just wanted to hear more. They wanted to hear us chat more. They wanted to hear more from you. What do you think about that? Why do you think that is? Well, I think that there's this kind of like almost taboo around talking about gender roles anymore. Nobody's really talking about gender roles. There's so much confusion and mystery around it or around the differences of men and women. And I think whenever you do have a conversation about it, it's something that people take to because there's so much gray area. Nobody really knows their role, I guess, in dating or how to approach men or women. We're not really taught how to approach men or women growing up, most of us. Yeah. No, that's that's for sure. I don't think we're really taught the differences between men and women either. Mm-mm. Except for women have a vagina, men have a penis, and the biological, physical aspects. But beyond that, I don't know if we're really taught. And nowadays, I feel like this conversation, maybe this is why it, it was so popular in our last episode, is like a topic that is challenging to talk about because of the climate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like you you know what I'm talking about based on mm-hmm. the TikToks that you do. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You know, when I was younger, when I was a kid, 
you know, boys would pick on me, right? And my mom would be like, they just like you. They're picking on you because they like you, you know? And men had such a playful, I guess, love language when you're kind of a kid. And, and I wonder if there's some sort of correlation between like being told that when men pick on you, they like you and women picking men that kind of like aren't good for them or something. I don't know. That just popped into my head when we were, when you were talking. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Right. It's interesting. (laughs) And I think that because of these conversations that people are now having, they're starting to see some of the truths, I guess. There's like that red pill community. That's kind of the whole thing about truths. Mm -hmm. But now females such as yourself are speaking on this. And real quick, we should probably give a background who you are. And maybe you can tell us, you know, what you teach, what you talk about, and how you help people. And who and who do you help too, specifically? Yeah, so I've been doing spiritual development work with people for about 10 years. And it kind of segued into doing relationships because, you know, I had kind of a couple of failed relationships that really affected me. And I, I kind of felt like I didn't really know as much about men as I thought, you know, I had read like why men love bitches or like these kinds of books, but you know, these advices that were given to me weren't really working on, they would work on some guys, maybe not all. And I just kind of felt lost about men in general. Then I stumbled upon this sexologist uh, from Russia, Natalia Kolbikina, who I love to talk about. She's amazing. And I started learning about archetypes with her and archetypes are a um, theory that Carl Jung came out with. And it just really opened up my eyes. I started to really understand that, you know, there are different types of men. Some men like some things that the books do talk about. Some of them don't, you know, you interact with certain men this way and some men you interact with them this way. And, you know, different men want different things. It's not like a one size fits all, you know, like we're kind of taught as women, like, well, men love independent boss babes. Well, not all men do like that, actually. You know, and not all women want to be that either. Some women want to be a housewife or, you know, just a stay at home mom. And they're kind of told, well, if you do that, your husband will leave you. And he doesn't want that. He wants an exciting woman, but not all men want that either. Right. So it's like, there's so much gray area. And I felt like when I started studying archetypes, I could really understand different kinds of men better and what they needed. And then I started doing, you know, more relationship counseling with people. I work with both men and women. I actually have more clients now that are men. And um, I help people also build out their dating profiles. I've had a lot of success with this, you know, saying what they want. So many people, men included, like have a hard time really saying what they want in a relationship because they're afraid. I had a guy the other day who you know, he's like, I really want a woman who loves to cook. His ex hated cooking anything like traditional. She didn't like, but he wanted a traditional woman. And he's like, I'm afraid to put that on my dating profile because I don't want women to get scared away. And I said, well, you're going to scare away the wrong ones. You want that. You don't want to waste your time and your money on dating women that aren't good for you or not the best person for you, right? You have to really say what it is that you want. And so many people are afraid to do that. Yeah, I think that it's interesting. If a guy puts, he's looking for, I don't know, a traditional woman or he's looking for someone who's going to be a housewife or whatever, it's like automatically he, well, let's, I'll just say he's afraid that he might be looked at like anti-feminist or something. Yeah, he'll be labeled as a misogynist. Yeah, he'll be labeled as a misogynist. And it's interesting because 
it's crazy how much feminism has changed. You know, feminism means that women have equal rights as men. And so somewhere along the way, all this got really confused. I don't understand. This is one of the reasons why there's such this gender war of women against men and men saying all these terrible things about women and women saying all these terrible things about men and all this confusion and really good, awesome guys just completely being labeled as misogynist. And also, I heard this from someone. It was another girl I had on the podcast. She wasn't a coach or anything. She was just a random woman. And she said, like, no data or anything to back this up. It was just like her opinion that if a man wants a woman to be a housewife or wants a woman who's really young and pretty or something like that and really feminine, it's because of the patriarchy, because men subconsciously want a weak woman. I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode. I think Possibly we did. We did. Okay. I, think we did, I guess yeah. it just keeps coming up. Cause, yeah, because uh, it's less BS. I mean, I'm sure there are men that like, it's just, it's just not the truth. Right. So let's talk about these archetypes again. Yeah. So there's different archetypes of men and women. And, you know, like you were saying about the gender war thing, you know, I, I do pro-male content on my page. And I also talk about women's issues too. And it's interesting because I brought up, you know, when I did work with the UN, I discovered that, you know, about 90% of people who die in war, um, I mean, some people can argue these statistics are the civilians, women and children. And they use, you know, I mean, this is kind of a heavy topic, but they use the bad guys will come in and they'll take over a, a land somewhere and they use rape actually as a weapon against, you know, in war, right? This is a big problem. They'll start building brothels, trafficking things. And, you know, we don't really hear about this kind of stuff, you know, and I talked about a lot of things in regards to that. And so many men came out to attack me being like, you know, men have it worse, <laughs> and, you know, not women, men are the ones fighting, not women. Like it just became this gender war in my comment section. And it's like, if you bring up women's issues, men have a problem with it. If you bring up men's issues, women have a problem with it. And it's like, we're not going to get anywhere in society if we're always fighting each other on who has it worse or who has it better. You know, that's not constructive. It's it's not how are we going to build a strong society if we're just, you know, if it's like a victim war or victim competition. So yeah, so with the archetypes, there's uh, the ruler and the entrepreneur. These are the more masculine men. And then you have the creator and the manager or trader who are the more feminine men. And, um, you know, different ones fit with different types of women and have different needs. So now we were going to find out which one mine was. Yeah. So um, how do we do it? How do we figure out which one I am? <laughs> Well, I guess I'd have to ask you a series of questions or kind of get to know who you are, what kind of like women that you like. Um, can we, can we, are we able to do a, like a two minute version of this? Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I, I'd have to, yes. I don't know. Tell me like, um, I feel like you're more of a masculine kind of man. Maybe I, I don't know. Well, see, I don't think you're a ruler, though. Rulers, they want power. They usually will go into politics or something, or they work in banking. Yeah. Kind of power. I don't feel like that's you. No, that's not me. I have no desire for that. That doesn't do anything for me. Okay. So do you have, are you a risk taker? Do you like the idea of like jumping out of a plane, scuba diving? Do you like to travel, sometimes alone? I um, would say, yeah, that's definitely more me. I wouldn't put me on the side of I do a lot of physical risky activities, but... 
I do have a very, I've learned this about myself actually in the past couple of years is I do have a high risk profile in the sense where I will, well, yeah, so I'll go traveling. I've traveled alone. I've traveled all over the world, even in places that are not necessarily the most, well, little did I know if they're dangerous or not. I just went there, right? So it's like, okay, I didn't even think twice about it. I do take a lot of, I mean, I took a big risk starting a business. I do take other financial investment risks. I just feel more comfortable probably than the average person on doing those kinds of calculated risks. So I have a pretty high risk tolerance. So do you that. have like your hands in multiple different things? Business-wise or just? Yeah, like do you kind of like to come up with ideas or new businesses? Like you have your podcast, do you do something else? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I do, I do have a lot of ideas, but I don't necessarily execute on all of them because I am singularly focused on trip advice. So I am more focused on this, although I come up with ideas all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean I do them. And what and kind of business did you start before? Like, what was your... I didn't. This is the only oh. real oh. business that I've actually started. Oh, awesome. And, and, I, and you... I put it all in. And what did you do before you started doing this? Before that, I was working in the entertainment industry. So I was working at a production company that produced movies. Okay, so were you the ideas person there or were you like the manager? Like, did you do like more of the business end of stuff? It was more like manager. I was an assistant. So I was managing all of my bosses, meetings and different business affairs and keeping him organized. So I was his office manager. Okay. And do you like women who are like independent women, like kind of like have their own thing going for them? Like, do you like this idea of like a power couple or a woman who's like a strong woman who can hold her own? I used to like the idea of a power couple. That was very, very appealing to me many years ago. And I think, by the way, because I think that many men happen to be very similar. I feel like just like me, there's a lot of other men out there who think they want that. And then once they have that, they realize, actually, no, that's, that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. So I, I talk a lot of, to a lot of coaching clients of guys who want that, and I let them know, like, I don't know if you necessarily want that. I kind of spell that out for them, like, what that would look like, mm-hmm. and not trying to convince them uh, by any means, but trying to open their eyes to what it is that really means and and what kind of relationship dynamics that was, that would be. And for me, I was in a relationship where it was kind of a power couple relationship, and I didn't realize till afterwards when after we broke up that, oh, that might've been one of the reasons why our attraction died is because she had so many masculine traits that made her a powerful person in her life and in her business that it didn't really help the dynamics of the relationship. So I'm more attracted to, but here's the thing, I'm attracted to a woman who is, it's like, when I say I'm not in, attracted to an independent woman, it's like, I don't mean that they should be a slave. It's like, I, I just don't want that kind of boss girl type per se. I'd rather have someone, and I do have someone right now who is a little bit more submissive and someone who's a little bit more go with the flow and is letting me lead the relationship. And would you want your woman to kind of, be that stay-at-home mother, chef, if you will, or, you know, and are you romantic? Do you feel like you're a romantic man? I would say yes. I would want stay-at-home cooking, organizing the house. And am I romantic? I would say so, yeah. 
I say you're like, you're, you're a mix of a manager and an entrepreneur. You have traits of both of manager and entrepreneur. So entrepreneurs do really well with girl mother archetypes. Cristiano Ronaldo is an example. I did a video on him and his girlfriend, Georgina. He didn't work out with Irina Shea because she was too much of a queen, which managers like the queen. So I feel like, you know, you're probably, and managers also like to, um, they like to teach, they like to inspire they like to, you know, help people, you know, they manage teams. They're that kind of man. He does like the idea of a power couple kind of thing. So you probably have like traits of the manager. He's also very romantic. The entrepreneur is a man who's a risk taker. He's more masculine. He can travel on his own. He can explore, go to dangerous places like you were talking about. He can be a little bit on the cheating side if he's like fully into that energy because he does like his independence. He does like his freedom. And, you know, with Cristiano Ronaldo, who's an entrepreneur, you know, he had his girlfriend, Georgina, who's a stay-at-home mother, and, and well, they're not married, but stay-at-home mother, she cooks and all that kind of stuff. They like the mother archetype. And the mother archetype is a woman who manages the finances. So she actually went back to school to learn about money, to invest in, you know, with his money and stuff like that. They want a woman to kind of manage the home, the finances, the children, you know, kind of do everything at home while he goes out and explores and does his mission, if you will. Whereas a manager would want to do his mission with his woman and a manager can only be inspired if his woman is inspiring him and pushing him to be this great man, because managers can tend to like, they're fun. They're the fun guy. You know, they're not as driven, but they can be driven if they're with the right woman who inspires him to be that way. I feel like I'm driven before the woman comes into the picture. So you're more, you're probably an entrepreneur by nature and you have traits of, manager as well. And, you know, as your entrepreneur self, you're utilizing your risk taking through this endeavor of teaching, helping, interviewing people, that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. What are the female archetypes and where do you lie? (laughs) So the female is a lot of men ask me, can a man be more than one archetype? I was told he can be strong in one. However, the more I've like really met with men and, you know, been around men and stuff like that, I find that if you are a fully actualized man, if you're really working on self-development, you know, we all have masculine feminine traits, right? So you're a masculine man, you're an entrepreneur, but your feminine traits are probably more manager. Whereas some entrepreneurs, their feminine traits are more of a creator, And then a ruler as well can be, you know, rulers tend to be a bit ruthless and cold. But then, you know, I know rulers who are also romantic as well with the person that they love and they can have traits of a manager archetype. So I find if, you know, some men who are not very evolved, like let's say a ruler, I've met a lot of rulers who are very cold and mean and that defining ruler elements with no real compassion, right? Because they don't develop that sensitive part of them. So I think a man can kind of be both, whereas a woman is usually strong in two archetypes. She can develop the other ones. So I'm a girl lover, but I've had to develop my queen nature and work. So there's different reasons why you would utilize your queen. You utilize your queen aspect when it comes to your career, when it comes to contracts, protecting yourself, you know, working through prenups or, you know, managing your money. You know, the girl has a hard time managing her money. The mother is the wise woman of the home. You know, a queen mother would be like a like a politician, maybe Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they don't really have much sex appeal, but they have a mission to kind of like help 
the world or, you know, help society in some way. Like Mother Teresa, if you will, is like a queen mother who has this like strong mission, but is more masculine. A queen mother is like a female version of a ruler. That's why they don't go well together. That's why like, for instance, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton's a queen mother, very masculine woman with a ruler. And, you know, he cheated on her with a younger woman. Rulers like, you know, they are, I guess, the the man who is, he likes the woman who helplessly runs into his arms and needs him and save me. You know, she's, the girl lovers like that and rulers like that. They like to be that man that's like, I will, I will save you. I will protect you and provide for you, right? And then there's like the lover. The girl lover is like a Marilyn Monroe. She's a woman who uses her sex appeal, but also has like a, she's like an innocent woman too. You know, Marilyn Monroe was never like, oh, I'm so smart. She never tried to debate a man at dinner. She was always just kind of like very wide-eyed and like, you know, open to the world and, you know, carefree, I guess you could say happy-go-lucky. Whereas a queen is more of a woman who's like, I'm a boss. Like a queen lover is like Samantha Jones from Sex and the City. Like I'm a queen. I'm a boss woman. Like I can have sex with whoever I want. A lot of women nowadays are kind of like this. They post sexy pictures everywhere and I don't need a man. I'm independent. That's like a queen lover. And then a girl mother is a woman like Cristiano Ronaldo's girlfriend who's, um, she's very playful. She's shy. Girl is very shy, playful. Uh, But she also has this element where like family is everything for her. Being a mother is everything for her. But a girl mother devotes her life to her family, whereas a queen mother devotes her life to the children of the world, if that makes Mm. sense. Not her family, but to like society. Like, I mean, Hillary Clinton, like I'm not a supporter, whatever. I'm not getting political here. But like she's a woman that, quote unquote, like wants to help the world as a politician that's supposed to be her job uh, versus like, I'm going to be at home with my child and that's it. Right. She was never that kind of woman. Does that make sense? It does. So someone like that. So a female with that archetype mm-hmm. being with a man who's a ruler, this would be considered your power couple. It sounds like do these, is that, is that wrong? I mean, I guess you can call it a power couple, but they're not a mix. They're not a mix with each other. They don't work together. Oh, that was too, my, my next alike. question. Yeah, they're yeah. too alike. They can't. And this is the problem is a lot of women come to me who are queens. They are, for some reason, a lot of women are seduced by this idea that they want to be with a ruler. A lot of rulers are very challenging and difficult to be with. It's their way or the highway. Uh, they're workaholics. They put work first. You know, they can be difficult, you know, and queens want to have the control and the reign of the home. She wants to be in charge. She wants it to be her way. He wants it to be his way. It doesn't work. See, the girl is a follower. The girl follows the ruler. And she, you know, can sacrifice, I guess, her career to take care of him and the family, whereas a queen would never do that. A queen is more afraid of losing herself than losing a man. And she puts her mission first, whereas a ruler wants the girl to put him first. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So would we safely say that any power couples wouldn't really work out that well? It depends on the dynamics. Like, I did a video on like Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, I guess you can, and even Beyonce, Beyonce is actually a girl lover. Her persona is a queen. That's her like stage persona, but her as an individual and her personal life as a woman, she's a girl lover. She, and I have a video on the reasons why, you know, I used to work in the industry and you know, there's certain things I know and Jay-Z's much of, he's very much a ruler. And I mean, Jay-Z took control over her solo career when she went solo 
you know, she fired her dad. Jay-Z kind of like took over. He produced her, her music. He, he pretty much has been like her father figure in a way. Like he's been dating her since she was a teenager. Interesting. You know? And, and she's always had a man. Her dad was the first man in her life that like took charge of her career for her. And then she transitioned to Jay-Z and she's always been with him. And sure, she's an independent woman, but like Jay-Z, I'm sure makes a lot of the decisions. He was part of the creative direction of her queen bee persona, you know, all that stuff. But like in her personal life, she's not a queen with Jay-Z. She's a girl lover, right? So Kim Kardashian is a queen. She's a queen lover. And Kanye is a manager. So manager archetypes can be power couples only with a queen. See, a manager archetype would not respect a woman who stays at home and doesn't work. He needs a woman because he's kind of lazy himself. So he wants a woman that's going to like inspire him to get up and get out of bed in the morning and like, I guess, like inspire him to do more. And she kind of pushes the manager. He needs a push out the door because he kind of like, I guess I can give you an example from Gone with the Wind, you know, Rhett Butler and Scarlett. Scarlett was like a queen and she came in and asked Rhett for money. And he was like, darling, you can, you're a smart queen woman. You can go out there and make the money. Like, I believe in you. You know, managers will do something like that. They feel like their romance, their love, their emotion is what's going to keep a woman. And a lot of time it does because he doesn't have money to actually give her. See, a ruler would financially provide a manager doesn't want to provide for a woman. He doesn't mind actually having a woman support him financially. He would be and the there, man. And there are, are women that will get along and be attracted to this guy? Yeah, yeah. It's, Even it's for not. long term? I have a lot of queen archetype women that like these men. I actually have a client right now who's like, bless her heart, she's trying so hard to, to break free from this man. She... um Yeah, because, you know, queens, they have their own money. They have their own success. They don't need a man for money and that kind of stuff, right? They want emotional. She wants to bang that guy? She wants to have sex with with the manager? I mean, it sounds funny, but I'm kind of serious. It sounds like, is she going to be, doesn't she need that more masculine energy, even if she is more kind of, quote, masculine herself? Well, they're romantic. Managers are romantic. They'll, you know, my client, she, you know, her manager archetype, man, he makes love to her. He massages her feet. He takes care of her. He, you know, he romances her. He writes her love letters. He fills up this void in her. She doesn't need it for, for money or anything. She wants that emotional connection. She's like having such a hard time breaking up with him because she's well, like, Why does she want to break up with him? Because he's, he's such a bad guy. He's like a total womanizer. He's a womanizer. And oh. he's a, a gigolo type of man, you know, and he... He's, oh, wow. I actually, I, this, I know a person like this. This is interesting. A, yeah, he's kind of addicted to women. And you know what's interesting is I was talking to my friend who works in counterintelligence, and he used to he used to have to interrogate men that would run trafficking rings and all this stuff. And he told me that the men that are in charge of these things that do these kinds of things are not the masculine, strong men. It's the beta guys. He's like, it's the men that are wounded. Their masculinity is wounded. They were traumatized as boys in some way. They didn't have a strong male father in the home. And they're more of the feminine men that do these kinds of things, not the ones connected to their masculinity, which I thought was interesting. But this guy's the same way. His father, he never knew his father. He abandoned him. He has wounded masculinity. And this man is not a good man. He does these kinds of same things. And for some reason, this client is attracted to this man and he's kind of a bad boy, you know, 
So, so he's a manager, but he's a bad boy. Yeah, like, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, man, <laughs> yeah, he is a bad boy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, got, he's he's done got. a lot of. I mean, he got in trouble for actually prostituting women when he was younger, and because mm. okay, managers, yeah, and not a yeah, just a bad person. Yeah, the, the shadow of the manager is like a gigolo. He doesn't mind mooching off of a woman. He uses mm. women to gain his right. So he's, you know, he's definitely more of a bad man, as you say, but he's a manager in the sense of like, he doesn't have his own money. He doesn't have his money together. He doesn't have a proper job. You know, she pays for his gym membership, for God's sakes. You know, he kind of lives at her house. He doesn't give her any money for rent. You know, he's just, I mean, a ruler would never do that. A ruler would never, A, rulers would never, well, not never, but rulers probably wouldn't have addiction problems because they feel like it's beneath them because they want to be powerful. They want to be rich. They want to have influence. So they're not going to waste their time doing that. They also have too much of an ego to ever let a woman pay for anything, right? A manager doesn't care, you know, and they also want to be like actors. This man's dream was to be an actor, but he never went after it because he was too lazy and he was too busy screwing around with a bunch of women and, you know, partying and doing drugs. So the managers are fun. They're fun to hang out with. They're romantic. They'll love bomb you. They'll write you love letters. Sounds like the Tinder swindler. Yeah. 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 They'll make you feel amazing. You know, it's like a high, it's like a drug high and queen women are drawn to him because they already have their life together, their money, their mission. They want a man as like a, an extra for sex, for love, for romance. And rulers aren't, are kind of known for not being super romantic. So that's why the queen women who are very masculine go for these feminine men. I feel like I know people, friends, acquaintances who fit into all these different male archetypes. I kind of see it now. Yeah. I see it all now. And I definitely feel like I fit more into the entrepreneurial one. And I feel like I was a manager archetype. I don't, can you change archetypes? I feel like I was more manager archetype in my early to mid twenties where I kind of wanted that more support from a female. And then that started to fade and, and switch over to this entrepreneurial archetype. Is that possible? Yeah. You know, I think we're complex beings. You know, I was told that a man is strong and one, like in his true nature, but a lot of times we're not behaving in our true nature. We're behaving in a way of like what we're taught to behave or what we're taught to like right? Maybe in some way your parents, you know, a lot of times I've noticed that like men who are rulers, they'll be raised by manager archetype men, like more weaker men. And they'll be like, I never want to be like my dad. I'm going to become a ruler. Or like, I'll see manager archetype men who are raised by a dictator ruler father. And they're like, I'll never be abusive and mean like my father. And, you know, then he wants to save women and he's more sensitive. You see what I mean? It's a lot of it's also how you're raised, the kind of people you're raised around. And then it, you know, I think as you get older, you start to, as Susan Batson would say, we're like an onion, you unpeel the onion of who you truly are inside. And the older you get, the wiser you get and you become, you blossom versus kind of behaving in like conditioning. Does that make sense? Like you're blossoming as a man. So you're becoming more of who you are. Whereas before you were like a fragment of who you were. Interesting. Interesting. So you take these archetypes and what do you do with them in your coaching? How do you use them to help people? So I do a workshop with women and we go over all of the archetype energies, how to utilize them, when to utilize them. For example, if you're 
you know, police officers are considered rulers because they have some kind of hierarchy and power, right? So if a ruler were to pull you over as a woman, you would use your girl energy. You wouldn't use your queen against him. You would use your girl. So you'd say like, oh my God, you saved me. Like, thank you for pulling me over for speeding. I could have gotten to an accident. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, she would play innocent with him. I've known women who got it out of tickets for playing this kind of role, right? So you find ways of how to or when to use the different energies. And, you know, the lover archetype, we go over sexual trauma, utilizing your energy, the colors to use, how to use your body language in that kind of way, that kind of stuff. And then we go over the queen, when to use your queen, what kind of men like the queen energy, Uh, the mother, we go over our family karma, our family lineage, how to, you know, change our family system because a lot of times we repeat patterns over and over again if we don't change it so it's very complex and then I go over the different you know archetypes of men how to attract the different ones what they like how to seduce them you know what's best for you you know a lot of times people date the wrong archetype for them and a lot of times women you know I have this client actually was a couple and one of the reasons why this man had not the main reason, but one of the reasons why was because he wanted a housewife kind of, and his girlfriend didn't really want to play that role, but she wanted to get married. And he was like, I'm not going to marry you if you're not going to be a wife to me. Right. So then I got on the phone with her and she'd already kind of like gotten into a bad relationship after him and chose this abusive man who was just like her abusive father. And now she's in this kind of dangerous situation. She's repeating a pattern in her family karma. And now she's you know, she went from a good guy to an abusive guy, much like her abusive dad. And she's reliving Ooh. this trauma that her mom also went through. Right. And we were talking, she was like, well, you know, my ex, the guy, he's like, she's like, well, he, you know, he wanted me to like cook and clean and all that kind of stuff. And I said, oh, so you, you know, you don't want to be a traditional woman. You'd rather be a queen. And she's like, well, I want to be taken care of. And it's like, choose what you want. It's like, you know, she had this idea that cooking and cleaning or being a traditional woman is like beneath her. But then it's like, well, if you have a man, a good man that like wants you to do that, she's like, well, he's going to take care of me and stuff like, sure, you know, and it's kind of like women, and I'm not trying to like, say that women are so bad. But a lot of times women kind of say like, well, what is he doing for me versus how can I improve this man's life? How can I add value to this man's life? You know, and a lot of men see a woman who nurtures him. He's this man that I was talking to the boyfriend. He's like, she never touches me. She never holds my hand. She never caresses my back. She, you know, doesn't entice me. Like she wears these oversized t-shirts to bed. It doesn't turn me on. Like, you know, she didn't really utilize her femininity with him in any way, you know? And if you were to talk to her, she'd be like, well, he should have loved me because I supported him through his work. Right. But it's like, but that's not his need. His need is he needs to be touched. He needs to be nurtured. He wants you to cook for him, to love him. He's providing for you. He's working long hours to, you know, buy you and your family a home, whatever the case is, right? What are you adding? How are you adding value to this man's life? So it sounds like entitlement. Yeah, I think a lot of... Do you feel a lot of women that you come across are entitled? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what creates that. It's interesting because... That's one of my issues with women is like women don't ever ask the question, what is a guy like, what a man wants as much as what guys or how much guys ask. I feel like guys are asking all the time, how do I get the girl? 
How do I attract her? What do I say to her? What are the things, you know, i.e., what are the things that I can do to get her interested? So obviously that's asking what they can do to make a girl excited, attracted, happy, Mm -hmm. sexual, all those things where women and I and as I talk it out maybe it's because with women they are the ones who get approached they are the ones who have more sexual options than men so maybe it's putting them in that entitled position potentially right where they have a little bit more of a choice so they then get to choose which then makes it so they don't have to put in that kind of work that a man does. Maybe that's one of the reasons. I'm having deja vu. Maybe we talked about this on the last episode too. I don't know. I don't remember if we talked about this or not, but you know, I was told, you know, my mom wouldn't let me call boys ever. She's very strict. She's like a man pursues you. And, you know, I guess I was raised with gender roles, which worked really well with me in my, in my life, I guess. Um, I've met a lot of really amazing men who treated me really well. I don't have these like, I mean, I have some bad experiences, but, you know, for the most part, I've had men treat me really, really well as a woman, you know, and, but I'm also like a giver too. Like, I feel like I give as well. And I, you know, maybe, yeah, I just, I feel like a lot of women have this idea that we've been so oppressed and things have been so hard for us. So, you know, we don't need to give to a man because they've oppressed us for so long They've oppressed us in the kitchen. They've oppressed us in the home. We couldn't work. So like, it's almost offensive to even say like you, that I should cook for you. You know, I'm not your servant. You know, they see duty in the home, duty to the family as something that's beneath them or something that is like not rewarded or not, you know, it's like, I see a lot of comments on my TikTok where women will say, well, my man wants me to be an independent woman, not just a woman who stays at home with her kids and does nothing all day. And I did a response video to this woman. And I was like, why do women think that women who are stay at home moms do nothing all day? Like, do you think their kids are like feeding themselves? It's so much work. It's it's an insane amount of work. Yeah. Yeah, That's, yeah, that's so interesting. It's the conversation that I'm seeing a lot on TikTok and on YouTube is that all these women are saying that they want to be the boss babe. And, then they're ha- and those women have a very hard time finding men that they want. And then there's the reason for that is because men typically don't want that strong alpha type female boss babe, or at least one that doesn't know how to step more into her feminine. They're not attracted to that. They're going for women who are more feminine, less jaded, and really appreciate and love men. And then those women are getting left behind. And then they're claiming that. And then those strong alpha female types are claiming that men are intimidated by them. Yeah, I hear that a lot. <laughs> Which is just like, wow, you really don't understand men. When, when, when you hear that, it's like, yeah, that's it. All these men are just so intimidated. It's not about intimidation at all. It's just about what makes attraction. What keeps a guy around? What makes him attracted to a woman? What do you think about that? What makes men attracted to women? No, just that whole concept of of the fact that men are not typically attracted to that kind of woman. And it, it has nothing to do with being intimidated. Like, 
I don't know. I can speak for myself. I can speak for a lot of guys that I talk to. I can speak to all the clients that tell me the kinds of women that they want. Yeah, no, it's true. Most men don't want that kind of woman or maybe something that they do, but it's difficult. You know, I had a client the other day who was married to a woman who's very much queen and everything was her way or no way. And she was always fighting him for like a one up or like I did more than you, or there was always a competition in the house. And, you know, men go out and they fight the world. They fight hard at their job. They don't want to come home and fight with their wife. They don't want to come home and fight with you. You're an asset in their life to make their life better, to love them, to give them that feminine energy that they crave, which is soft, which is like, you know, sensitivity and happiness and joy and sex and like all these like great yummy things, you know, not to come home and debate, you know, what's going on, you know, who's more successful and my client, this, my client, that I was staying with a woman, family member of mine, who's very much a queen mother. And I was overhearing a conversation she was having with her husband and she was just talking to him about, you know, the politics at her company and this and that, and, you know, all these debates and stuff. And I was just like, he doesn't care. Not that he doesn't care, but he doesn't want to sit here and listen through this. You know, it's like nine o'clock at night. He just had a long freaking day. He doesn't want to hear about, I mean, not to say like your partner can't be supportive, but like, you know, she was just being very much in her masculine energy and like debating and fussing about work and all these political problems. And I was just like, you know. So what do you, what do you say to these women then who complain about that? who are in a relationship or have dated or been in relationships where they date that guy who doesn't want to do that, right? So she's dating an alpha, very alpha type guy who doesn't want to be with a woman that's masculine. Like, what do they say and what, you know, what are they supposed to do? Well, they'll ask me, they'll ask me in my comment section a lot. Like I'm a Because they're like stuck in their ways, you know? Yeah, a lot of them are like, well, I'm a queen. How do I become a girl? They want to know how to stop doing that. They want to, you know, but then if they're naturally, you know, somebody in my family, she's a natural queen mother. It's her nature. She's been this way since we were kids, you know, so she's not going to change and be somebody different. You have to accept who you are and what your needs are. And there will be a man that compliments you, right? The creator man loves these kinds of women. The manager loves these kinds of women. Find the right compliment for you and accept that you're not going to get the super masculine man. And he probably, you know, I had a client the other day who's a, she's a stay at home mom, but she runs this like crazy operation of this like stay at home school system. She's built out this whole, I mean, she's a queen through and through. She's built out this whole system, this educational system. She runs the systems in her house and she's married to a manager and she loves him. He treats her amazing. And she's like, you know, sometimes I wish he'd be more masculine. And I said, but you wouldn't like that. You wouldn't like a man telling you what to do and taking control of the house. And she's like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. So she's had to accept that, you know, there's some flaws there that he has, but ultimately he's the best match and best person for her and, and appreciating that. Right. Because not everybody's going to have, you know, my partner is a ruler. He, He spends so much time working and, you know, building his work and, you know, he's, he's a very busy person. And sometimes I feel like I'm kind of like, you know, but then I do my little TikToks and I, you know, I find ways to, you know, go to dance class. I find ways to enjoy my life and enjoy my time. So I'm not sitting at home, like crying, waiting for him to come home, you know, but like, you know, sometimes it sucks. I wish I could spend more time with him, but like, ultimately that's my sacrifice that I have to make for being with that this type of person. Man. Right. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 
or else you're just looking for a unicorn. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like women are looking for a unicorn and and if they don't find it, then they seem to bash guys. It's like, oh, well, he, you know, he's misogynist or, you know, whatever it may be. It's like, and I've, I'm trying to figure out where that is on the man's side, like trying to find the unicorn. I'm not sure. I'd have to think about that a little bit. I had this young woman who reached out to me and she's like, I've been with my boyfriend for a long time. How do I get him to buy me something? And I'm like, well, is he successful? Is he established? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, so I gave her some advice. She took it and her man took her shopping and spent a lot of money on her. She was so excited. I mean, it was a very innocent thing. It wasn't like, how do I take advantage of my boyfriend and have him like go broke buying me things, right? Why did you want that? I think some women just like want to like feel taken care of and spoiled by a man sometimes, right? Like we have different love languages. Some women, their love language is gifts. You know, I used to kind of be that way because my dad was gone a lot for work and my dad made up for it through buying me things. So I've always attracted in men that like to buy me stuff. But ultimately, that doesn't fill me up because I want quality time, <laughs> you know, because that's what fills my heart up more than a gift. I, you know, gifts are nice, but it's not what's going to make me fall in love with you. Some women, they like, they may have never had a man that bought them stuff and they want a man that's going to spoil them a little bit, right? So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Some men like to spoil their women too. So I did a video on it and this guy responded being like, get a job and buy it yourself and, you know, stop using a man as an ATM machine and like got all angry about it. And then he went into this whole thing about how him and his wife were 50, 50. And I was like, you're probably the kind of man that like refuses to let your wife take vacation time to take care of her children because you don't want to jeopardize her money. You know, these kinds of men that are like, because they're, I read an article about a man like that. That's why I'm bringing it up. Who got angry that his wife took vacation to take care of her infant child because it's going to bleed into their vacation money. You know, these kinds of men that like hate this whole, it's a manager archetype. They cannot respect a woman who is traditional, you know, and they kind of, excuse my language, but shit on women like that. Like there's some kind of loser, moocher, user, dumb woman, some dummy. I'm well, not I would just dummy, hope, you know? <laughs> I would just hope that, it is fair, right? So, okay. So if I'm in a relationship and she wants to go shopping and go, and I really want a shopping spree, that's fine. Okay, we'll take in a shopping spree. But what will I get from that? It shouldn't just be you get that because you're a woman. And I don't think guys understand that. It's like, well, then you can create that kind of relationship where everyone's getting what they want. I know that sounds kind of harsh, like, oh, well, you're just going into a relationship thinking, what can I get? But that is what a relationship is. It's about giving and it's about receiving. And if there's an imbalance in that, that relationship is going to be messed up. Yeah, I have a video on this actually about the chakra system, how our chakra system is about yin, yang, yin, yang. And the men, they rule the base chakra. The base chakra is about providing security, stability, protection. And men have the penis, so they provide a seed for a woman and the woman receives that seed that providing that money. This is kind of, I guess we can say prostitution comes in. He provides money security to a woman and the woman rules the sacral chakra. The next one, which is where our womb is. So we have natural pudges because we get pregnant in the sacral chakra. That is the chakra of sexuality, intimacy, creativity, sexual expression. So he provides 
basic bills, necessities, providing protection, security, we provide that sexual intimacy back to a man. And then he's supposed to provide status back. He rules the solar plexus. He's supposed to provide status back, commitment back. And then we rule the heart chakra. That's why we have the breasts that protrude. We're supposed to provide love, you know, and then there's like this, like you said, this like give and exchange through even our body system, right? So we're supposed to provide love. We have the breasts and sexuality through our sacral. And men are supposed to provide status, which is marriage and commitment and joint life, right? Joint bank, joint house, whatever, like you combine your life. And he's supposed to provide protection, security, you know, basic bills, necessities, and all that kind of stuff. And a woman provides her wisdom to a man. You know, women have, I mean, I guess men too, but, you know, we have the gift of, foresight or intuition, if you will. And, you know, we intuitively help guide our husbands through, you know, challenging situations or even like, you know, if there's a bad man in your husband's life, usually a woman can sense it and say that's not a good person, right? So she can help intuitively guide him. And he can also give her uh, security through emotional stability as well and through encouragement through, you know, the voice. So, you know, there's many ways of how we yin yang with each other. But a man, like you mentioned, like a man can't just be providing, providing, providing. And then a woman not giving him sex, not giving him any emotional intimacy, not giving him anything back because then he becomes depleted and he's giving and he's not receiving. And then that becomes a deficit. And then he ends up losing money and he becomes depressed. And it actually, you know, it, it messes him up, right? Just as a woman shouldn't give a man sex if he's not giving her security or commitment back because she's giving her sexual energy, her love to a man who's giving her nothing back. She becomes depleted. And that's when you meet a lot of women who have a lot of sexual partners. They're very depressed, anxious, anxiety. They have, you know, maybe a little bit their mood swings and stuff because so many men are taking their energy, not giving anything back. They become angry. They're like, well, I've been used. And then they become angry because they've been so used because they're giving their energy and getting nothing back. So yeah, I agree with your statement. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I feel that that is such a beautiful relationship too, when it does, when it can work out that way, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, that doesn't have to do with anyone being unequal or lesser than, and still to me, that sounds like, you know, feminism in the first wave is still there and everyone is equal. And this isn't some women are our slaves and we control them. You know, it's, it's not, it's not like that. I I hope that things start to come back to that thinking now, you know, it's like, we know that, I don't know, every 10 or 20 years, there seems to be a big shift where in every different market or just in the, in the things that we're hearing about and, and culture make these big swings back and forth. So right now I feel like we're in this swing of, Mm -hmm. you know, ultra third wave feminist uh, men are very bad and I'm hoping it, it comes back to this idea that there are so many great men out there and we just need an understanding of what men want and what they like, just like men are trying to understand what women want and what women like, right? So, I mean, yeah. what's that one movie, What Women Want? There's a whole, there's no movie <laughs> called What Men Want. Yeah, you know, and a lot of women will say, we've been taught since kids, you know, what men want and cosmopolitan and all these things. And yeah, maybe to a degree, but maybe more on a superficial level. And, you know, with the mother archetype, and she's a woman who keeps a man and keeps the marriage going, you know, her role is to pray, to pray for her husband, to pray for her family. When a woman prays for her man, 
I've seen it myself. All my exes triple their income. They get raises, title changes, bonuses. You know, they do the best financially when they were with me because I prayed for them. I, you know, I genuinely prayed for their success, their happiness. I brought value into the home and that, that makes his value go up. Both of your value goes up and a relationship is supposed to be empowering and inspiring. It's supposed to help your life. If your life is becoming drained financially, emotionally, everything like that, you're not in the right relationship. And a lot of people are like, oh, marriage will screw you over, like relationships or you know, stay single guys. And it's like, no, actually relationships are supposed to help your life grow. They're not supposed to stunt your life from growing. Yeah, for sure. This is great. Again, another conversation for the books. I'm excited to hear some of the feedback on this one. I really really enjoy speaking to you and on this topic especially and there's not a lot of people who speak to it so keep doing what you're doing keep putting your stuff out there i am enjoying seeing you grow on your social media platforms obviously you are triggering something inside of people which is making people respond in all different kinds of ways uh, but in the best way a lot of them seeming to want to learn more from you which is awesome and, and yeah, where can guys find you if they want to follow you or work with you? Uh, you can go to my website, alexiturner.com. And I'm actually doing an archetype course with men this weekend. And you can find me on my TikTok, which is Empress Collective. Cool. We'll put that in the show notes. Alexi, thanks so much for being here so once much, again. Chris. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Uh, maybe maybe in the next few months. Who knows? Yes. Always a pleasure talking to you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much.